This episode of the Global Franchise Podcast is brought to you by School of Rock, the world's leader in performance-based music education. For more information, visit franchising.schoolofrock.com. Welcome to the Global Franchise Podcast, bringing you exclusive interviews with the leaders behind the franchise industry's biggest names. I'm Kieran McLoon, editor for Global Franchise Magazine. We have uh, vendors and we have a whole stable of lenders that will lend our franchise not only the money to buy the house, but the money to repair it. Uh, and they that, that way they can get all in without having to put their cash up front to do that. Property has always been a lucrative area of investment, which has led to countless property-centric franchise brands to emerge and thrive within this brick-and-mortar space. One such brand is Homevestors of America, perhaps better known as We Buy Ugly Houses, the home buying and renovating brand that has swept across the states since its founding in 1996. Just last year, Homevestors franchisees purchased almost 10,000 houses, generating sales of more than $1.6 billion. It's clear that this house flipping model is proving more than viable to all involved, so we wanted to get a clearer picture of how the process works. To understand Homevestors further, we're joined today by David Hicks, who has been CEO since 2005. David's immersion in the property franchise industry provides him with a unique insight into its quirks and trends making him the perfect guest to discuss why flipping houses could be the perfect franchising model for a particular kind of entrepreneur. Homevestor's entire model is built around the, the buying and selling of ugly houses. And before we get into the kind of franchising side of things, I thought we'd unpack that a little bit. Um, what do you mean when you say ugly house? What do you define that as? Uh, great question. I tell you what, uh, our brand that created that was what made our business work because uh, people typically were not trying to go uh, uh, buy houses that uh, people would sell through a realtor or a real estate agent. Uh, typically, we have houses that need significant repair. Sometimes they're older. Uh, sometimes there are houses that uh, that are uh, maybe just need updating. Uh, I think of my parents' house that you know I grew up in, and the reality is people just don't buy that kind of house today without those updates. And so uh, people, when they have a house, an ugly house, they know it, and that advertising generates that call that uh, that they call us. Right. Okay. And as part of that renovation process, I was curious what things look like from the the franchisee side of things. Are they directly involved in that, or are they more just on the the buying and selling um, of the houses? No, they're directly involved in all of it because it is their business. They do the uh, rehab process. Now, typically they work within an ad council within a market. And so they kind of share contractors with each other uh, or development agents that coach them, help them with how to find that. But they do it all. Now, a lot of times the houses we buy will sell without uh, fixing it. Uh, that will sell it to another investor. Uh, but if they are rehabbing it, they're the ones buying it. They're the ones rehabbing it and selling it. Okay, so it's a very hands-on process from their side of things. Um, and of course, I imagine a lot of people who have either bought or sold a house know that it's an incredibly lengthy process, um, which you know can take a lot of time and money. Um, and I was wondering how how franchisees handle cash flow to ensure that they can stay afloat. Is there any kind of uh, possibility for recurring revenue or support, or how does that work? 
yeah, I tell you what, we uh, we have uh, vendors and we have a whole stable of lenders that will lend our franchise not only the money to buy the house, but the money to repair it. Uh, and they that that way they can get all in without having to put their cash up front to do that. So we kind of have that process set up, uh, that process set up. But it's it is uh, a length. Some markets it's quicker than others. Our model typically our franchises in most cases are in and out of a house, uh, including the repairs, in ninety to one hundred twenty days. Okay, that's quite a quick turnaround, really, isn't it? Compared to what some people may be used to, at least in certain international markets, maybe. Um, and if we dive a little deeper, David, into the the kind of profile of the franchisees that you're looking for when expanding home investors, you've said in the past that you prefer to recruit franchisees who perhaps have no home buying experience, which I imagine will be a real um really great thing to hear for people who maybe want to get into this industry but as you say you know don't have that kind of prior background um but what sort of experience or skill set do you look for is it more a personality fit or how do you assess that really it's the experience of running a business uh a lot of times in fact we get a lot of corporate we call them corporate refugees uh, they've been in a corporation they understand running a business they understand that process uh the house buy-in is the smallest part of that uh, that they their experience the past of running a business uh, a lot of times it's sales experience uh, of dealing with with customers dealing with sellers uh, that is also a big part of it that's the two main thing we're looking for experience running a business or experiencing uh, experience with the buying and selling process of it Right. Okay. And um, so I know that franchisees coming to you, David, have a couple of possible entry points for home investors in that you offer a, a full franchise as well as an associate franchise. Um, could you break down for us what both of those models consist of and perhaps why one is maybe more attractive than the other to a t- certain kind of entrepreneur? Uh, great question, Karen. And uh, the reality is the difference is, is the level of fees. Uh, the associate franchise gives uh, people a way to come in with less upfront money, and they can they lo- have a little bit higher fees. Uh, we give them credit for part of those fees towards an upgrade. Uh, so basically, it just is a way to come in without having quite as much capital uh, to be able to earn the difference. Uh, and I will tell you, most people right now start as an associate franchise for that reason. And we kind of recommend them doing that because they can come in and use their money to buy and sell houses, not use their money to buy the franchise. Right. Okay. And just out of curiosity, David, where earlier we mentioned, you know, that um, it's a very hands-on process. Is there any kind of possibility for, I guess, like an absent owner or maybe a multi-unit owner as part of your network? Or is it usually all owner-operated? Most are owner operators, although we do have some that uh, uh, most times it is when they have multiple partners, they end up buying multiple franchises. Uh, There is something about uh, you when you're buying a house, using your own money, making that decisions, you make better decisions than a buyer does sometimes using somebody else's money. And so uh, now we have a lot of buyers there that uh, a lot of our franchise owners have buyers, but they're involved in approving every deal uh, and making sure that it is, uh, they aren't, uh, again, it's, it's, that's part of the decision process. We do have quite a few that are uh, own more than one franchise, but typically it's where they have a partner that is running the, the other franchises. 
Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And um, and from the looks of it, um, Homevestors is, and correct me if I'm wrong, almost entirely franchisee owned. Um, and the brand is very uh, keen to stress this message to its franchisees that you want a, a business, not a boss. Um, how do you provide support and guidance to your network while also, you know, making sure to not be overbearing or micromanaging their businesses? One of the things we do is uh, we have what's called development agents that are successful franchises that we actually pay to support the franchises and to train the franchise. Uh, They get a part of the royalty fees that we pay. Uh, So they get a local person that is working with them, that understands that market, that uh, is also uh, financially impacted on whether they sell this house and make money on it. Uh, So uh, that kind of keeps it all straight. Uh, We're all in the same boat, so to speak. Uh, Our success is based on the franchisee's success. Yeah, I'm sure that's um, very reassuring to to hear for your franchisees. And when you say, sorry, development agents are are franchisees themselves, are they? Do you mean they're franchisees, home investors, franchisees? So it's a very sort of peer supportive kind of network. That's correct. Yeah, they they have to uh, uh, to be uh, be approved as development agent. They have to be a successful franchise and show they can run a business because it's hard to train somebody else if they can't do it. And what's the kind of um, split in terms of how many um, franchisees would each development agent support? Do you have a lot of those throughout the country? Yeah, we've got quite a few. I I think we have a total of 50 entities, uh, the development agents. Now, many of them have two or three or four partners. uh, They're there. And of course, the more uh, and a lot of them actually end up hiring employees to help support them. Uh, As a development agent, if they get more franchises, they have to have more employees to do that. Uh, So it is starting out, a development agent would have fewer franchises they work with, but as they develop their team, then they would be approved to go more. Right. Okay. And um, looking at the the sector that you operate, David, or operate in as a whole, um, you know, many sectors, of course, struggled throughout COVID-19, but house prices have seemingly increased across the board. And that's an international trend. Um, uh, and Homevestors specifically last year purchased almost 10,000 houses, which is, you know, no small number, of course. Um, was Homevestors negatively impacted at all by the pandemic? Or have, you know, you've been able to just kind of gone go from strength to strength over the last 12 months? I tell you what, we, uh, the first of the pandemic, uh, the first month or two did impact us. Uh, but very soon when our franchises saw, yes, they could sell houses, uh, they uh, jumped back in. And the reality is uh, most of our franchise, many of our franchises had their most profitable year last year during the pandemic. And uh, it was not across the board, but many of them did. Uh, and overall, our franchise network sales, uh, actual sales, total sales of all the houses our franchise sold were up last year. And the gross profit was up over the previous year. Right. Okay. All very positive uh, statistics there. Um, and sort of continuing that that note of positivity, the, the final question I've got for you, David, is um, Homevestors is now, of course, in its 25th year and you operate many markets throughout the US. Um, I was wondering whether you have any plans for international growth in the future or whether that's not kind of part of your trajectory at the minute. No, we do. In fact, we were looking at it when COVID hit and we right. uh, we actually paused it because of COVID. We were real close to going into Canada 
as the first country. And we uh, are right now looking at reevaluating when we pick those plans up. So yes, it will be part of our growth. Right. Okay. And what kind of um, model do you think you'll go for when you're going international? Are you looking for a master franchisee or maybe more direct where it's a bit closer to home? Canada would be more direct. Uh, in other countries, we would evaluate that based on the country. Sure thing. Um, well, thanks very much for joining us, David. It's been really great speaking with you about home investors and wish you the best of luck for the rest of this year. Thank you, Kieran. The idea behind Homevestors Development Agents is a very positive one because it both incentivizes existing franchisees to succeed in order to reap the rewards of royalty payments and also creates a solid foundation for new franchise owners to build their own success upon. It was also very positive to hear that the Homevestors franchise network has remained relatively unscathed by the pandemic. This is yet another sign of the enduring nature of the white-collar and services franchise industries a theme which we have covered extensively at Global Franchise over the past 12 months. We'd be keen to hear your thoughts on this. Does your organisation have a model for experienced franchise owners to support new partners? And what kind of results have you seen emerge from this? Make sure to let us know. If you like the podcast, subscribe and recommend it to your friends and colleagues. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your pods. To keep up to date with franchise news and have it put into context by the global franchise experts, subscribe to the magazine, hit us up at globalfranchisemagazine.com and follow us on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn today.